Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents guest host, author George Lunsford. Legends, myths, monsters, and ghosts. George Lunsford has done many jobs, from being a maintenance man, making explosives for the government, an actor, and currently an author. George wrote the Legends, Myth, Monsters, and Ghost series because he wanted to share the stories he's heard and researched from all over the U.S. with the world. He hopes that by sharing these stories, we will give everyone an adventure to go on. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me! That's, that's my thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the dumbest thing in the world, but, you know, hey, it works. Uh, today we have uh, on the show today, we have George Lunsford. George Lunsford is an author, an actor, a radio show host, and a bomb maker, apparently, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, and your, uh, your, your, your books are Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. It's a four-series set so far. Is there going to be a number five? Now, uh, off different Oh, okay. So you're going to go off in a whole different direction. Yeah, I'm going to let some of the demons in my head loose. So, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing because you don't want to keep them up in there because then everybody's going to think you're possessed. Yeah. I do anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I got jokes. Spirit jokes. That's the way that works. This is what I like to do. Tell us about you. Tell us, uh, my audience, what they need to know about you. Well, there's not a lot about me. I'm just an old country boy. Grew up in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, back when it was just a small town. Uh, joined the Navy, seen the world with 27 different islands and countries. What did you think of that? I had it all. I really did. I had a good time. I found out I wouldn't fit for the military because I have a real problem with uh, authority figures. <laughs> you know who else does? Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I figured it was either get out or go to the brig. So I thought I'd go ahead and get out. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, nobody wants to spend any time in the brig. Goes out. I worked in prison for six years, and the food sucks. So yeah, you don't yeah. want to do that. True, true. So I got out of the military. Uh, went to work for a company called Jet Research Center, building explosives and it. Uh, for uh, different places work is company uh, was owned by Halliburton and we did construct uh, systems for the Triton Titan missile systems we did penetration charges we did cutting charges did blowout panels for the shuttle dual detonating handheld explosives called bunker bus well you're uh, you're still sitting here so obviously you didn't have any mistakes go off or anything like that or any uh it came close a few times, uh, <laughs> but I went. I you had a few. Uh, you had your, a few of your own. Uh, what we call oh shit moments, like oh shit, what did I just do? Yeah, I was. I moved up from being a builder to being the inspector. I was the only inspector there without a call. <laughs> so if it, if it was going to blow up, it would have blew up on somebody else before you had inspected it. Well, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to see anybody die from that, but sure, I, I want his to arm blow off before mine does. Sure. We had we worked with powders, and some of the powders were so sensitive that the electrical charge, the stack electricity of your body, if you had too many people in the room, it would set it off. Right. So as an inspector, you had to be safety officer also. Did you wear a special suit for that? No, we had special shoes, non-conductive shoes. Gotcha. And uh, 
I was in quiz in one of the buildings one night. The number of people that I needed to do the job. And we were all in there working, and that was the maximum amount of people that should have been in that building at that time. And the plant manager decided to come in the building. So I made him, I took off, I made him halfway across the building. I told him he had to leave. And he told me no. And that's when my problem with authority kicked in. <laughs> I grabbed him by the back of the pants and I threw him out the front door. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. Because if you're and, not supposed to be there, you're just not supposed to be there. That's I know, it doesn't make a difference what your position is. If you if you're too if there's too many people and that could cause problems, why are you here? And just because he thinks he's you know oh, I'm the boss doesn't mean that makes a bit of anything. Exactly, because the people that are working, he could have killed six people real easily, right? Just from being there. And that was one of the moments. And I had a <laughs> we had a building explode. One of the, uh, press exploded. I'm an old country, okay? When when you have an explosion, you have fire, you put it out. The powder we worked with, you couldn't set it off by flame. It had to be ignited with either electrical charge or a spark. Sure. Uh, flame. You can actually sit there and burn it with a flame, and it'll you can cook food off of it. I don't want to test that factor, but okay. That did. <laughs> well, the press, the way the buildings were made, especially where the press is, the operator of the press was behind a four-foot-thick reinforced wall and was watching the press on the camera. Oh, good idea. Hurt to death. It, what happens is when they make it, it was make she's making two uh, of the explosion explosions. Uh, this that goes inside of a sidewinder missile, and you've got to clean the inside of those really, really well. I mean, they can't be any dirt at all. And she had missed just a hair bit of dirt. When the press came down, it sparked off and it set off caused the, friction, right? And then boom. Well, buildings are made to have a blowout wall so that it don't blow the building up. So we back the building out, went through the blowout wall, and set the woods on fire. So being the person that I am, I grab a hose and go to the back and put the fire out. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, well. They, the fire department got there and they freaked out. They was going nuts. The oh, you did it first, and you get you did it before they got a chance to do it. Well, I guess that's what it was. They were scared to death. They were. They was they was way back using water cannons, and nothing was. There was no way this was going to explode. The right. fire was, everything was set up. We had it set up for that reason. And the plant manager was freaking out. My boss was freaking out, and uh, the regional manager walked down there. He told him I would shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> so, but that was, yeah, that's probably not the worst thing that I've seen. Now, since you're the, you're into the spirits and everything, you'll love this. There was that had been three different companies before that, different names that made different products. Sure. And one of the companies that was there, I found. The, it was all separated in different buildings. Different projects was in different buildings. Sure. There was one building up on the hill. It was kind of off by itself, and that's where they used to do phosphorus. And when you got that big vat of phosphorus, you know, you make the phosphorus in there and you transfer all the vat into wherever you got to put it at. Well, when you clean a phosphorus pit, you can't use anything. It's a, it's a brass, uh, brass or bronze pit. And yet, when you, you can't use anything, those sparks. Sparks that's all. 
two guys working up our one night and late and they were tired and one of them had grabbed the wrong tool sparked off and flamed off one guy didn't make it out of the pit he actually melted inside the oh my goodness another guy crawled out and was melting as he was walking down the road the footprints you could when i was there it had happened like 10 or 15 years at least before i got there and you could still see the footprints in the paper. Oh, the imprint, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, probably blew his shadow onto the wall or something, right? <laughs> bad. But they, at night, at certain times of the year, you can see a, a like a glowing, like a fire moving up on the hill up there where that building is. I know, Ken. Screaming. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, they... Uh, and uh, that, that is somebody who has unfortunately not crossed over into the light remains here as an earthbound spirit and still holds on to his panger and anger, pain, sorrow, grief, and guilt and uh, decides that, you know, yeah, they, there's not much hope for, hope for them, unfortunately. I mean, they could, they could, they could cross over any time they wanted to if they knew they, if they, knew they could, uh, but a lot of them don't. And they just they continuously go through this over and over again, which is a shame. It is. It really is. It's just sad. Yeah. But I went to work there. I did explosives for a while. And then I did a bunch of other jobs. I've worked everything under the sun. And I decided I want to be an actor. I did How did that work out for you? It did pretty good. I did it for 15 years on the side. I did uh, a few feature films. I did some commercials, book trailers, uh, music video, uh, Public service announcements and well, what kind of music video were you in? <laughs> I I did a music video for the Steep Canyon Rangers, and the name of the song is Long Shot. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> I play basically like a a boss, like a, a gangster type boss. Okay, but it's you just you just have to walk. <laughs> so you, you weren't you weren't in a bikini shaking your booty or something like that. Nobody wants to see that. Okay, yeah, I, I don't want. <laughs> my wife doesn't want to see it either, but I try. Uh, but, but so you <laughs> were you doing it? Was was uh, acting uh, paying the bills for a long time? I mean, was it enough or no? No, that, I got out of it. Plus, it got too political. Yeah, you know, it's just the fun started getting out of it. I enjoyed it when I did it, but I've done I've done a pile of stuff, but. Uh, what what these days? What about anything these days isn't political? <laughs> True, I agree. Which is a shame. Decided. Well, I think I'm gonna write books, and I started writing books four years ago. Yeah, but you, I read something um, about you. <clears throat> Tell us about one of the first experiences you saw of a, a spirit. Well, the very first one that I can remember. Uh, my great grandmother, I loved her to death. She was a little bitty woman. She was just as sweet as uh, everything to me. And she was like four foot tall. She was little. And uh, I, I was pretty close to her. I'd go to her house and hang out over there and talk and laugh and cut up with her. And we were pretty close. And when she died, I didn't know. I didn't know when she died. I was laying in the bed and something. So I woke up. Now people who Older people especially have certain uh, like perfumes they wear or soap that they wear. You, you recognize the smell? Oh, absolutely, all the time. I have it. I have it happen all the time. 
My, whenever my dad comes through, I can smell his uh, his cologne. He wears Stetson, and he's been gone for 14 years. Oh wow! Mm. Sorry. No, it's okay. He knows where he's at. I know where he's at. <laughs> but I, I smelled it, and I opened my eyes, and she was sitting at the end of my bed. But she didn't look quite right. Almost like you could see through her, like translucent. Sure. And. She started talking to me, and she said, I, I, just, I don't want to bother you. I just wanted to tell you that I'm leaving, and I'm going home, and I love you. I told her I loved her, too, and she just kind of disappeared. Because so at I that was, point, she under she understood where home was. Because yeah. this, is not, this is not home. No, no, this is the temporary place to be. Yeah. So I went back to sleep, didn't, didn't really think anything of it. I thought, well, I had a dream. But when I woke up, I could still smell her perfume or that, mm-hmm. that I had, well, perfume a certain time. And I could still smell it. And I was like, something ain't right. Then I found out she passed away that night. Yeah. But I didn't really start seeing a lot of the ghosts and stuff until after I had I had died, died for a very short period of time. That, that's when I got to a point where I could actually see more and hear more. I hear more than I, what I actually see. You didn't. You you went through an experience more or less, and and the they sent you back with this thing. They woke you up with. Well, there was a little lady that had died in the room before I got there, which is what I found out. Yeah, I was in the hospital in the morning, and I'm bad not to go to the doctor because I hate going to the doctor. Who does? <laughs> I was to the point where I was lethargic and unable to even set up straight, and they forced me to go to the doctor, the hospital. And they admitted me because I was in real bad shape. I had lost a lot of my lung capacity. My temperature is over 104, and I was in rough shape. And that night, only what I remember most of all was when I opened my eyes, the room was different. Yeah, it was kind of a, a weird color. Not, uh, that's all I really say is a weird color. And the clock on the wall, nothing, the second hand wasn't moving. Right, because time, because time had stood still at that point. And there's a woman standing beside the bed, an older woman, and she said, "It's okay, you're okay." And I said, I asked her her name, and she told me her name and everything. And so I sat up in the bed, and we started talking, and people started walking through the walls of my room. Because to them, there's no walls. <laughs> so I stood up and I looked back, and my body was still in the bed, but I wasn't scared. Right, because you probably had an overwhelming feeling of like, this is okay. I'm all right. I was very comfortable. I wasn't, it was very calming. The lady was talking to me the whole time in a real calm, sweet. She was a sweet little old lady. Sure. Now, the men were talking to me. And I seen in the corner of the room, it was, I was, I had so vivid, I can remember a bit of it. And for lack of a better phrase, it looked like an angel. He had wings that looked like it was folded up behind him. And he was just real quiet, standing there watching everything. And uh, she nodded, and he raised his hand. This little thing of light popped up, and it just expanded out to the whole wall. And each one of the people was telling me about it, walking to that light. That's everybody who was dying in that hospital. And she was talking to me, and she said, no, no. No, no, it's not your time. No. <laughs> you don't back down. And I said, okay, yes, ma'am. 
Now, I sat back down on the bed and went to lay down. And she walked over to it. She waved by to me and stepped in, and the light went away, and the angel disappeared. I laid back down, and all of a sudden, I heard all this noise, these alarms going off. My door sung open. People come running in my room. And I looked, and I said, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and they all stopped and looked at me. Do you, and, know, what, do you know the reason why the clock wasn't moving? Well, I do not, but I know when I woke mm-hmm. up, the first thing I looked at was the clock, and the second hand was moving. Right. Because with, with them where they are, there is no space and time. So where where you're at when you see a clock, it, it just it doesn't move as quickly as it does here. Like if you cross over into the light and you come back to visit somebody, uh, because if where they are in the time that they are there, they believe that you're going to walk through that door in three, three or four days. Well, three or four days for them, for us, is like 30, 40 years. So that's why when you were seeing the clock on their perspective, it was moving slower than it w- normally would. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> yeah. What was funny is the nurse, when I when I started talking to the nurse and told her about the lady, and I, I knew about I knew every name of the person, every person to come in there. And I talked about each one of them, and they just turned. She turned white. White as a ghost. As white as that lady. <laughs> and and it freaked them all out. And they I, they kept coming in and talking to me about everything I'd seen. Back and forth. <laughs> it, was, it was a trip. But it was a it was one hell of a, an experience, correct? It was, and it, it's in my mind forever. I'll never right. forget. And that's why you had it. That's why... You were basically put back in and her telling you, hey, it's not your time because they wanted you to bring back this experience so you could tell everyone else so they could finally figure out that, you know, death is not the end. Yeah. And I, everybody that's asked me, I've never lied to anybody. I've told everybody that. And it, people just, they just look at me in astonishment because. I talked to a bunch of people that they don't rule. They didn't believe in the afterlife at all. They right. thought, well, not everybody no. does. No, guys, that's not. They won't. They will. They will on the day that they die, but that's different. <laughs> well, they actually started listening to me, and and it really got their attention. I think a couple of them straightened up over it. They really did. Good, good, because uh, I I wish more people would, because then uh, this place would be a they would appreciate their lives a little better, and they would appreciate the lives of everyone around them as well. I agree with you a thousand percent. I really yeah, do. I I always say there's two rules in this world that people need to follow, and as, as long as they follow them, and as long as they comprehend them, they will appreciate life a little bit better. Rule number one is people die every day, and rule number two is you can't change rule number one. So. That's right. So once people understand that, then they go, oh, because it doesn't make a difference what uh, to get hit by a car or fall off the top of a building, get cancer, get COVID, no matter what, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't make it up. You can't go, oh, well, I'm going to die tomorrow or maybe I'll wait another week. No, when it's your time to go, just is, man. And, and, uh, and it was not your time to go, was it? <clears throat> no, I'm awful glad. Yes, you well, she made it very clear and you you understood it. So and what what's really funny is I catch myself as I'm driving down the road sometimes and I can pass a place and I feel like somebody's sitting beside me. Sure. And I get a, as I turn my head, I can get a glimpse of them. Yeah. But I see them. Right. 
And the one that really freaked me out one of the most is we're driving the interstate at work. And I went over a mountain. I was starting down the other side. And I heard a little kid's voice. And apparently, from what I found out later on, there was a kid in the car that had got killed right there. Oh, he got into your car. Yeah. And they, they knew that I could hear them. Yeah. I think that people know who can hear and who can't. I really do. Yes. Because I've got, I've been talked to in graveyards. I've been talked to going down the road. Just different weird places that kind of catch you off guard. And at first it makes you jump, but then you realize that they're just, you know, they're just trying to communicate. Well, it's always been a part of you. Uh, but then when you had that experience in the hospital, uh, they woke it up in you. So from that time on, now you pick up on on a lot of this stuff. You hear, as me, like me, I just, they woke me up at a particular time in my life. They woke you up in your life at that particular time. And, and because we're all born with this ability, everybody comes through with it, but not everybody is supposed to be woken up, and, but some people are. And then some people have these experiences like you had, and they said, okay, now we're going to send this kid back with a message, and we're going to give him this thing. And when he wakes up, uh, he's going to be able to do this shit. And then for a while, you're like, how come I can see here and see and hear things? What the hell is going on? Why? You know, but, uh, but absolutely. But, but why? So you can put a message out to people. So hopefully they will get it and understand it as well. I wish more would understand. It. I really do. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just don't. Just, I just don't catch it. I don't know why, but ah, uh, because the world fills them full of garbage to to keep them thinking that we need to rely on the rest of the world for everything. So they they put a big uh, big veil of. Uh, of uh, blackness over everybody's eyes to keep us occupied so uh, we don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. I believe it. Yeah. Really yeah, because all, all, all it's all pow about power and control. So, you know, and that's how they do it. They've been oh, doing yeah. it for a long time. Yeah. I, so I it, says, uh, it says you're also a, a radio show host. I have a podcast now. Uh, my radio show was killed during COVID. Oh, bummer. I was up to 250,000 uh, listeners. I had uh, 92 countries. Wow, good for you. And then it COVID hit and the radio station went belly up. and. <laughs> but, but now you're doing podcasting instead. I am. I'm, I'm horrible about my podcast. Me too. <laughs> because it's been three weeks since I did one. And just, uh, I'm really bad at keeping up with it. I got so much going on, and and I'm trying to get some stuff set up so I can go do some Bigfoot hunting with sure. a group called Bigfoot 911 down here in Marion, North Carolina. And uh, I've been working, I've been talking to them, and they're going to take me on some hunts, which is I've been dying to go do. I've seen UFOs, I've seen ghosts, now I've got to see Bigfoot. With That's Bigfoot? And going after and looking out on these, like what you said, what they're called hunts. What do you think they're actually going to do if they catch a Bigfoot? I don't think they're looking to catch it. I, think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because to me, Bigfoot is like the the original, the the OG of being off grid. If you ask me, oh, yeah. I mean, he stays off grid. You, you see him once in a while. You hear about a little story about him, but. He's the best one for someone who just doesn't want to be found, you know? 
I agree. Yeah, the and, people in the mafia could learn some shit from this guy, don't you think? <laughs> <clears throat> Just saying. That's a, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what is it that they uh they they're going to take you on what what are you going to do are you just out there in in the woods camping and uh, and are you looking for signs of him or what what's it all about? Uh, these guys are really good guys uh, and they've got they've seen I've got pictures of Bigfoot I've got someone's got some uh, castings that they got and they in this area most of them grew up around the Marion area and there's a lot of woods around here. You know, in Manahela Forest, like my Appalachian Mountains, everything's right here. So, and Bigfoot's been present here for a long time. A lot longer than I had known until I started in my way. I thought it was just maybe a year once before, but from the research I've been doing, he's still being sighted all the time. Yeah. That's out towards between Franklin and Hayesville. And Murphy and all that, because all these are mountain communities. City and then you've got so the same place to hide, same place to be. That everything's seen. Yeah, for all we know, I mean, we we've been calling him Bigfoot for all these years. It might be just like that guy in the commercial who goes Bigfoot. My name's Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just some redneck guy back there, just didn't want to be. The, Oh, 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 you oh, well, I lost my shoes a year ago. Yeah, sorry, I got big feet. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hoping there's something more to it, but uh, I mean, I I really do believe that he is out there. I I don't believe he is like an like a undeveloped human. I just believe he is something else. I, now I have a theory. I, I researched it some. I've got to do a lot more research on. But my theory is, when the Indians come over across the land bridge. There's stories, tons and tons of stories from different tribes about when they got here, they ran into what they call the white giant. Okay. He was seven to nine feet tall. And they have different reports of him in different parts of the United States. They were scared of him. They were scared of these, these giant cannibals. And my thoughts are that what we were saying is Bigfoot is actually the descendants of those giants. So sure. I believe they retreated back into like the Mammoth Cave, which is miles and miles and miles of underground cave system. Right. All over the United States. Yes, because we've all heard the rumors that even even though we are above ground, there are miles and miles of caves underground and possibly an underground civilization that's under there. Well, there's Right here in the mm-hmm. I know for a fact of, and I've seen them and been to them. There's huge caves around here. I mean, I've been to them. I know they're there. I did when I did survival training. I've been to. Them. But my thoughts are that they're the descendants of those, and the reason that they're covered with the hair. I mean, they were pretty primitive to begin with. Sure. They, I think, they kept certain parts of their intelligence, but most of they reverted pretty much back to being what they started out. Right. And the hair was grown on them for warmth and to keep them comfortable. Yeah, they adapted. They adapted, exactly. Yeah. That's what my belief is. That's what I believe they are. Oh, I, I get that totally. I'm I'm pretty hairy guy myself, and I'm only like second generation of my family to stand up straight. So I'm I understand it. So uh, so yeah, but uh, 
You never know. It might be Bigfoot, or it might it might be uh, Larry Bird from the Celtics. Who knows? You know, big seven feet tall. But uh, <laughs> but I'm betting on Bigfoot. I'm 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 just I just hope that if or when they ever do come across him and they find one, I hope they just I hope they don't poke and prod him. Mm-hmm. I hope they just leave him alone and let him be because that's all he's ever wanted to be anyway. Well, what's well <clears throat> they keep denying that he exists and everything, but yet there are certain states in America that you're prohibited from bothering. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> so you can't hunt wolves, you can't hunt fox, and you can't hunt the Bigfoots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, right? Yeah. I yeah, love it. You don't want you don't want big Bigfoot becoming. Why isn't Bigfoot on the endangered species? I mean. Why? Because it because he's good at hiding from everybody, you know. So yeah, that's it. That's that's absolutely correct, right? So what what was it about? Was it was it just the intrigue of all these uh, different types of uh, things that you were seeing or experiencing? Is that what you uh, is that what drove you or gave you the uh, the uh, the drive to to want to write books? No, I I have to blame my parents and my grandparents because. When we were growing up. Oh, I want to hear the story. <laughs> all the TVs, we didn't have, you know, we had three channels, and they went off the middle. So, <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay. So they would sit, we'd sit around and talk, and they would tell stories about the area, our area. Oh, there you go. And even when we went, we went to Charleston to go fishing and stuff. Well, the people down there would come in. We'd invite people in. We had a big catch that day. We didn't invite people, you know, the local people, and it was at the campground to come over and eat and stuff and, and talk. And then tell stories. And everybody would tell stories. Yeah. And that's actually, it, it's, it's being taken away from us. It is. That, those days are kind of gone, aren't they? And one thing, you know, people watch the TV shows and all that stuff. That's all well and great. It really is. You learn a lot. But we just don't do that anymore. And that's what I wanted to put out there. I want people sure. to realize. This is what I grew up listening to and people telling me about. So here, here's the story. Go check it out. It's in your state. Let's find out what it is. Let's see if it's Yeah, because you're, you're correct. We, we don't do that anymore. We, kids uh, sit around a, a fireplace at the, you know, with the Cub Scouts and they're all staring at their phones and no one's talking to each other, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But unfortunately, they are the product of us. We, uh, we made them do that, so uh, there's no other person we can blame except for the adults because you know we don't want the kids to uh, we don't want to uh, indulge in any conversation with our kids, so we stick them in front of computers and TVs and and, uh, and cell phones. Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Are you unsure of the path your life is taking? Do you need spiritual advice? Come book a reading with me, and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest www.spiritmediumdaniel.com That's where my kids wasn't that lucky. I always did tell them for <laughs> I didn't have a cell phone till I was like 35 years old, so 36 years old. So yeah, I was... Uh, I didn't have one either. I, I thought, why would I want to take a phone with me? I'd go away from home so I don't have to talk on the phone. Right, right. But you and I grew up in the days where did the phone always stayed home because that's where it was. You know, it was on the wall. That phone has more computer technology 
than what they used to go to the moon in 1969. <laughs> but you know what is odd about that? The It has more of a computer than the ones they were using to go to the moon. Yet, that was how long ago? 60 years ago? And we're still using rockets. We are. What kind of sense does that make? <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Well, I mean, because you said you you so you've had experiences with uh, with UFOs, mm-hmm. and you and as I'm sure you are a believer of that as well, correct? I am a believer of a lot of stuff, only because yes. of everything I've seen in research. It's to not believe in anything other than what you can see, right? Very narrow-minded, right? And there's so much more out there that you just don't. I mean, going up in the woods, you know, you're going through the woods. You can hear other creatures there. You know, there's yep. other animals there. Yep. I walked and I actually stepped over a deer one time and <clears> I didn't see <throat> it under my feet. <laughs> Between my legs, it scared me to death. I walked up on a bear in the woods, a mama bear in a cup. Was he shitting? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably I know I was. <laughs> you perish in the woods? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's things out there you can be right on top of and never see it. Right. And it's just it just makes more sense that there's a lot more out there and you can never see or hear. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you there. I just believe that's what the uh, that cloud that uh, veil that the that the the world society is trying to put in front of our eyes so we don't see it. Because they uh-huh. don't want us to believe that it is actually out there or actually going on. I think they'd still be denying UFOs if that guy wouldn't have come forward that was actually part, not Bob Lazar, but the last guy that came out. Oh, uh, Louis Elizondo? Yeah. Yeah, you broke loose with the Tic Tac videos and all that. If he wouldn't have come forward, I think they still would be denying it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they don't want the truth coming out is what it is. That's for sure. And they deny ghosts. And there's a there was a research done in Sweden. I watched the videos and stuff on it. It was a really in-depth research about death. So they had some people who were there was nothing they could do for them, and they put them in this room. They put cameras all over the room. All the doors were locked. There was no way no way anybody could come in. These people were dying. Nothing they could do to help them. And when they died, you could actually watch them take the last breath. And then you could actually see the spirit come out of Rise up out. So it was all on video. It's all pre-recorded. It was all done during a study of death. They did it in, uh, I think it was Sweden where they did it. It, it. it was extremely interesting because, I mean, the, the imagery of those cameras were amazing because you could see the, the form right. of the spirit, the whole form, not just like a little... Right, not not just a little wisp. And it was really impressive. And you could see it go through the wall and go. Yeah, I mean, when I when I I myself, being who I am, uh, when I'm in a dark room or if I close my eyes, I see spirit. I see them in in their whole entire form. It's not just a little. I mean, I do see the little wispy things or little light orbs and all that stuff around me all the time. But I yeah. do when I, I see them in a dark room, they look like people. Or I also, but I also see horses, cows, cats, fishes, uh, fishes, fish. Uh, I see everything. So yeah, fishes. There you go. There's my dumbness right there. But uh, yeah, I see, I see everything, and they, they are still 
what they were. I mean, so, you know, but sometimes they don't come out full because they are pure energy at that point. If, if they don't trust you or they don't know you, then they won't show themselves completely unless they actually feel comfortable with you or that, or as though they feel as though no one's actually around watching. So, but uh, yeah, they can come out anytime. We just, you know, we just, we don't always pay attention, but, uh, but it's, but again, you were brought back with something that you could pay attention to. <laughs> I think, I think that's why kids see stuff that we don't see because they're not corrupted yet. Their minds aren't corrupted. They have more right. So, uh, yeah. So, absolutely. When we're, we're, that's why I say we're all born with this. What happens is, when you come, when you come back from home and you have to come back into a new body again, when you come back, you are, you are wiped clean because in order to cross over into that light, you have to be able to let go of your pain, anger, sorrow, grief, guilt, and all that mess. If you don't let go of that, those are the ones who stay here, earthbound spirits. But the ones who cross over let go of all that stuff and then if they have to come back again because everybody does and i can explain that later but the, you come back you come into a new body you don't have the pain anger sorrow grief you have none of that so you're still pure of heart but what happens is later on in life you know when they get into 11 12 13 years old they get taught the ways of the world and then when that that everything else gets washed away it's like it's like throwing a bucket of bleach on top of them and they just get sanitized yeah i believe yeah. it I really do. yeah and that's tell people all the time. Well, if you have a kid that's seeing something, why aren't you over there asking your kids some questions to ask the spirit? But don't tell the don't tell the kid that they're they're talking to imaginary friends. Go over there and get some information from them. That's all you have to do. It's very yeah. simple. But I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm. Yeah, I guess I tell them to do that, but they go, oh, well, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. They always come to me for answers. You got a kid that's seeing spirit in your house. What are you thinking? You know, go ahead, go get some answers, man. And then they'll tell you because that's what spirit's trying to do. They're trying to give you answers. And they're talking to the ones who actually can see them besides me, kids, you know, and, yeah. and dogs and cats and all that stuff. They see them too. So, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, because when they're staring into into the wall or something like that, and your dog is barking up up the stairs, it's not barking at the steps. <laughs> what is wrong with people? They just—I'll <clears throat> tell you what's wrong with them. They have been corrupted by the world. The world doesn't want us to know that we have these abilities or we have these—we uh, are able to see and hear these things. And and because you know that stems way back from religion telling us that you're not supposed to be talking to spirit. Because if, if you do that, then you're talking to evil and stuff like that. And yeah, there's negative energies there, but they're not all negative. They're all just, just people. Exactly. And I have found out, and I do, I, I have definitely figured this one out, which was one of those little slow at. Whatever personality they had alive, that's the same personality they got. Dead. They're dead. <laughs> if they're a butthole in death, that's just yeah. the way it is. I have noticed that several times. Fortunately, I have had no negative uh, interactions, no inter no no encounters that were negative. Lucky so far, been good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what is what you you write these books about uh, uh, about legends, about myths, about monsters? Um, what do people consider, or what is one of the things that you've seen that people would consider a monster. From what I can tell, it's whatever mm -hmm. creature is not 
what they consider normal, whether it be an oversized wolf or whether it be a uh, oversized squid, anything that's unusual, they consider sure. them. They don't know. They can't put their thumb exactly on it. They don't know what it is. It's a monster. Yeah. Because just like we just like we knew from back in the uh, early days of like the 50s and 60s when they would make a movie about like an oversized squid or an oversized crab, it became a monster. So if they see one that's bigger than normal, then they just think, oh, got to be a monster. Yep, exactly. I mean, and <laughs> there's more people or more, can be more monstrous than any creature can be. Sure, absolutely. In my in one of my books, I talk about H.H. Uh, Holmes. I don't know if you know who H.H. H. Holmes is or not. No, nope, tell me the story. He, he was a serial killer, but he was a serial killer with finesse. Okay. Uh, basically scammed his way into a pharmacy and scammed the people in the pharmacy to where he was the owner of the pharmacy up in Chicago. Well, as the owner of the pharmacy, that he bought the lot across from the pharmacy and built a hotel because he knew the World's Fair was coming to Chicago. But when he built a hotel, he built it to kill people. And was, he, was he putting was, was he putting like access holes and stuff like that, and or access doors and stuff like that to get into rooms? Back doors he put in. He had uh, gas pipes run into the room and put under beds with no tops on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty ingenious system. <clears throat> drop from the top floor and it'd go down a slide to the basement. He had five different contractors working at the same time so that none of them ever knew what the other ones were doing. Right. Run poison gas in and, and not necessarily kill them, but knock them out. Then he'd slide them down the slide into the basement where he would do weird experiments. Well, if you're going to go out and kill people, you might as well make your own house that you can kill people in and nobody's going to think anything about it. And he did during the World's Fair in Chicago. And when he thought he was going to get caught or when he was about to get caught because so many people disappeared there, he he escaped. Well, they actually caught him and to stand for his crime, but they caught him in Texas for horse thief. Oh, that's kind of strange. Oh, well, I guess he was stealing a horse. Did you try to get away? was conning a guy with a horse and a guy <laughs> so they called him and then they well, somehow i don't know if it was teletype or what but they found out that he was wanted in chicago so he actually stood he actually stood for his crimes and he had killed several people i can't remember what the number was but it's mostly women he hmm. would kill them and he would he would like experiment on them when they were still alive like removing their arms and putting their oh, legs man. Real weird things, and he this was always messed up. <laughs> and well, see, he was supposed they thought at one time he was Jack the Ripper, but the timeline never, timeline. never, no, it was, no, it was too late. Yeah, and it was, uh, Jack the Ripper was they found out was actually a dentist. Yeah, and but if you read the whole story about Jack the Ripper, they talk about how surgically everything he was, he was not. He was a he was a hack artist, is what he was, and he did the same type of stuff to those women as what the Florida killer did to those college students. 
Hmm. Same exact thing they they both did. Right. So that's why they figured, oh, this has got to be him. But uh, no, hmm. that's crazy, though, right? <clears throat> All kinds of interesting stories out there. As you know, they, they say, uh, 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 you know, smart minds think alike. Well, in some cases they do and in, in other in other just other other ways. That's all. Well, it's really kind of scary when you look at like most of these serial killers or these bombers stuff. They're very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they and they're able to get away with this stuff for a certain amount of time because they're so smart. Right. They don't do it because they're not good at it. <laughs> hey, if you're good at something, I mean, yeah, even if it's wrong. Yeah. When, you're, when your mom said, if you're going to be good at something, do it well, you know. Um, okay, mom. <laughs> Stream us a little bit. Yeah. 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 Hey, Mom, can you pass me that knife? Okay. <laughs> You've been down to uh, Key West, Florida and seen Robert the Doll. Uh, oh, oh, I, I've, so who was I watching? I was watching something on History Channel. It was uh, oh, Ozzy Osbourne and his son, and they were doing this thing, and they came across uh, Robert the Doll. Now, what's the deal with Robert the Doll? Robert the Doll, you, you would, with your ability for the spirits, it would probably freak you out big time being around him because he is, it's a, it's a spirit in the doll. Yeah. They, they, when, uh, they take on like an item. Like I, I tell people all the time, don't go antiquing because when you go into a shop and pick up a piece of furniture, there actually may be a spirit that's attached to that piece of furniture that was in a house. It's now in this shop. And now you're going to take it home with you. Well, this spirit was put in there. The woman who made the doll was that she was, a. Uh, she was Haitian. Okay. She was the uh, nanny for the, the guy's name's Gene, and she was his nanny, and she was really close with with Gene. And but the parents didn't like her that much. And one day she was in the backyard, and they were laughing and cutting up, and you know, being nice to each other. Well, the mother got jealous and got very angry, and she went out there and she grabbed Gene and she pulled him in the house and she jumped all over the the nanny. And when the husband come home, uh, he called her out from her room and fired her, chewed her out big time and fired her. Well, the last thing she did, she had made a doll that looked like Gene. And she used his hair and everything and basically binded the doll to Gene. Right. And they hated it. The the parents hated the doll, but they would be walking to the house and they could hear him in the room talking, and there'd be another voice in there. And they opened the door and it would just be him and Robert. Right. <laughs> his middle name. So she would. They would hear the voices and stuff, and it freaked the parents out. Sure. So <laughs> grabbed the doll, took it up, stuck it in the box. And bound it with a uh, uh, little rope. True. Sure. Tied it up and stuck it in the attic. Well, that night they were all laying in the bed, and they could hear something running through the attic and laughing like a little kid. So the next day, the father walked up of there, and the box was open. All the twine was thrown down on the floor <laughs> the box in the corner. Well, they finally got to a point where. They got finally got Gene away from the doll, and he got he went through school and graduated, and they sent him to France to study for college. And while he was gone, he finished college. He met another young lady, and 
he got a call or uh, a message from his mother that his dad has died. And they got there. And when they come in the house, the mother was just frazzled. She, they, he, they all believed it was because of her, his dad died, but her hair was all messed up. She was pale. She was shaking constantly and rocking in her chair. And she grabbed the woman, the wife, when she came in, she said, run, get out of the house right now. Just stay away. And Gene walked, I mean, Gene walked in. He was checking everything out, you know, trying to get everything ready. He found the doll. And he had been artist. Well, in the house that they had in the Keys down there in Florida, it had, it was a normal size house, normal house, but in one of the corners, they had rounded it off and made like a big studio up there with glass all around it. That's cool. If I paint, <clears throat> Robert would always be with him. Oh, no shit. <laughs> well, his wife got fed up with it, and eventually she left, and he was by himself. Robert but was he, just I, hanging out, being his buddy, that's all. Yeah, and everywhere he went, even when he was doing the galleries and stuff, he had Robert with him. When he died... People talk about they could pass by the house and they could hear some move around the house and they could always see that doll sitting up there in the glass. <laughs> Freak everybody out. House was bought and so he donated the doll to the museum because he oh, was famous by them. So they the doll. And the curator took the doll and they have a little podium they put it on and it's got glass over it, and then Robert sits in a little rocking chair. The woman come in to clean, the curator left. And he come back the next day, and the glass was sitting on the side. Robert was still in his rocking chair, and there was and there's everything was all skewed up around. Everything was weird, so he chewed out the cleaning lady, thinking that she did it, right? No, I didn't do nothing. I had to. So he decided to stay over and spy on the the, the lady that night. <laughs> and he stayed there. And he was in, he was in his office. And she was clean. He'd come out. He'd check every now and then. Well, the lady left, and he was going to leave and lock up, and he heard a noise. And he came out, and the glass pop was sitting over there. Oh, man. In his chair. There was little footprints. <laughs> followed him, and he found Robert two rooms over. And how would Robert get over there except for doing it on his own, Correct. Exactly. So they finally got it figured out that the doll was cursed, and you actually have to ask permission to take the picture of the doll, or you can be cursed from the doll. Oh, okay. And they're very serious about it, too. <laughs> they are. Yeah, apparently, because they they seemed very serious on that uh, Osborne show that I watched. I was like, I mean, even though his uh, his son was making fun of him, and every time his dad turned around, he put the doll somewhere in the room, something like that. But they seemed very serious about it uh, when they did the tour for it. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is different. But yeah, if if they're that serious about it, sometimes you don't know if they're actually just trying to pull your leg, or they're just trying to keep the uh, the allure of it, just so people will keep coming back to the museum. But maybe they're signing a release form somewhere that says, yeah, if you're going to talk about this doll. You've got to say Robert's real. So maybe who knows, right? I, I hope not. I talk about him all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, stay away from. Like, well, like I said, you know, they uh, they uh, they get attached to these pieces of furniture and things like that as well. So uh, and then you bring it into your house, you know, and well, you just brought something. Right. You know, that was a three foot tall Raggedy Ann doll. Right. 
and it had been it had been cursed, and that didn't end well either. <laughs> <laughs> does anything ever end up well, George? I don't, I don't think it does. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it does. I, I think everything always uses end up in a in a bad kind of way. But uh, but that that just add, that just uh, uh, makes the the legend of it even uh, more prolific, you know, type of thing, which is. Which just gives you another reason to write another book about something, correct? I mean, do, I, do you I, ever do follow-ups? I've been leaning on doing a world book from all over the world because every country, every, every little town has stories. Yes. I, I thought about it, and I've had a few people from overseas talk to me about maybe doing it. But I'm still, I kind of want to do this other book first. And see how I do with just pulling stuff out of my head because sure. my head scary enough as it is. And it's going to have unique ways of killing people in it. So, I mean, oh, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, my wife has those all the time, except it's it's me. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not the best thing, you know, because, because she's a nurse and she always tells me if, if, if I wanted you dead, you would be. So, uh, yeah, but there's there's better ways to do that. It's called torture, but I got it too. Well, my wife's Creole, so I understand. So if you were to uh, to uh, do this world stories, I mean, you would have to take a big trip around the world, correct? I would love to, but I don't know if that will happen. It'll probably end up being like a lot of this other books uh, online and talking to people. So sure, you know, sure. Because I, I imagine you would you probably have done a, a lot of interviews yourself. I have, I, and I, I love the interviews. Talking to you, like talking to you. I'm having a ball. I have to learn the stuff that you're doing, learn the, you know, the fact that you have a really strong spiritual touch. And it, I, to oh me, that's, <laughs> I, I love to hear that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, if it was uh, for me, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say it this way. What's the best way to say this? I'll say it this way. If, <laughs> If it was just spiritual, I would be okay with that. But I see okay. a whole lot more, and and that is not spiritual. But I don't talk about it because if I talked about what I see and hear, um, someone's going to come and take me away. Well, you know what it sounds like to me, and you're going to probably think I'm crazy. I, I know what it sounds like. I would be a I would be a good story for one of your books. That that's what I know it would be. <laughs> Sounds like you're almost a modern day prophet. Um, stuff that's coming or and things that have already happened in the past. Uh, and my answer for that would be correct. <laughs> but I can't tell you information from you one of these days. Yeah, I'm I'm writing a book about my story right now. And it's more like a like a self-help type book, like, hey, this is what I went through. If you're going through this thing uh, that you're and these experiences are are, are 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 what you're going through as well, then this is what possibly is with about you. Maybe you are a medium. And then and then at, uh, at the end of it, there's going to be a huge message there that uh, uh, because I do see archangels, I do see Jesus, I do. I have seen God a couple of times and they want a certain message to come out for people so we can change the world around. So that's what the end of the book is going to be about. But yeah, it's a, it's a kind of like a self-help thing to let people know 
Yeah, and then I'm also going to put my information in too. If people want to get hold of me, they can. When you get your book written, let me know. I want a signed copy. Oh, absolutely. I'll get you a signed copy. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's the thing about writing a book. I don't know shit about writing a book. So, <laughs> hello, this is Daniel Jackson of Beyond the Veil. We are proudly being sponsored by the Rare Enterprise. To really choose your reality, you must have the right tools to facilitate it correctly. The Rare Enterprise has amazing CBD-infused products to help choose your reality when it comes to your skin, emotional, and mental stress. Use the code BTV20 to get a discount on these amazing products. I, I, I didn't either. I just decided I wanted to do it. Three years ago, so I so when I do meditation, they bring me messages. And this is going to sound weird, but every time they bring me messages that comes up right in front of my face, I was just doing it maybe uh, an hour ago before I got on here with you. And they, they, show, they show it to me in cartoon form. And they, they tell me they show it to me in cartoon form because it's easy for us to stand, understand cartoons because the point can get across very quickly. Yeah. So they, they bring it in. And what they showed me was this older man. And he was uh, he had these scrolls. Yep, you got it. And he was writing on them. And I was looking at him and I was like, oh, he's writing on his scrolls. But then what they showed me was the next part was they showed me a piece of paper that, and right in front of my face that had my handwriting on it. Oh, that's cool. And then I said, oh, so and when I do my meditation, I'm able to actually speak out loud. I'm I'm completely but I'm just my mind is clear. And uh, and I said, you guys want me to write a book? Now, see, I get messages different kinds of ways. Sometimes I just put thoughts into my mind. Like as of now, today, from this point on, it's, it's changing all the time. But only 25 percent of my thoughts are actually mine. The other 75 percent that comes into my mind is them. So, but they actually touch my face for answers. Like a touch is, it feels like blood dripping across my face in different spots on my head and stuff. And uh, and I said, do you want me to write a book? And I got this one that comes right across there. And I only get one for no. It feels like a tear running down the side of my, my left eye. That's what that's a no answer. But if I get this, I'm actually getting touched by different archangels. I can tell you all the names. But as of right now, there's 15 of them that touch me. Uh, but uh, no matter who's touching me, it's always just a yes, because it's coming from the same place. Uh, but they said, yes. And then I got, I said, so you actually want me to write a book? What about? And then I got a message that said you. And I was like, okay. But at the time when that message came through, uh, it was right before my uh, my step, or not my stepmother, my mother-in-law. She was having some health issues. And then we had to deal with all that. And then by the time it was finally over, she had she had passed. That was a... So here's the type of messages I get. So her mom had stage four cancer and wanted to, she said in this type of way, can you ask your people, your people, uh, when I'm going to pass? Cause I don't want to be here anymore. And as I, I, I can find these things out, but I don't like to for people because you know, it messes them up. So I talked to my wife, she said, just get the answer and just tell her. And I said, okay. And I got the answer and I came back. I said, Dolores, it's gonna be two weeks. You have two weeks. So what did she do? She started writing everything down that she could write down. Oh, wow. She died two weeks to the day later. That's pretty amazing. That's yeah. Really so, amazing. But nobody ever wants to really know. I mean, I know when I'm going to die as well. I'm going to be 83 years old. Uh, my birthday is in November, but I'm actually going to die in, in August on the third week on, on Wednesday night. I'm going to go to sleep and not wake up. But, you know, 
Yeah, I know I got a lot of shit to, t- to, to take care of and cover before I get there doing that, helping people to understand why we're here and what our purpose is and all that stuff. But I, so I know I have that much time to do it. But uh, but yeah, as, as, if we if we all kind of understood it a little bit more, we would all appreciate our lives a little bit more, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree 100 percent. Yeah. So you've you've written four books. Is it is it a simple process for you? Are you are you able to just or this is like something you rigorous rigorously got to go through to to get a book out? Well, honestly, they, these are these are not thick books. They're thin books. Number four. That's the kind of book I'm going to write, George. <laughs> that's I'm sorry, number three. How many pages? Uh, number three is 133 pages. That's still a pretty good amount of book, you know? That, that's, that the smallest one is still number one because I had no idea what I was doing. And I was guessing as I went and it's the smallest book, but of course it's got more of me in it because it's got more, I did North and I did all of Asheville. Right. I did China. Right. So, I knew stories that I knew from here. Sure. And it's only 70 pages. That's but still not bad. It's a little more personal for me because of some of the stories that's in it. It's from the Boo Hag. The Boo Hag comes from Charleston. There's a group <clears> of <throat> the Gullahs that come from West Africa. Oh. And the slavery, they stayed in that area, and they all stayed in a, in a, a little area, and they're the sweetest people in the world. They are fantastic. We've always got along well with them. We went to Charleston. They would help us with as far as tell us what the fish was biting. And they were always real helpful. And I talked to them down there. And I've learned stories from them. And that's why some of the stories in there was from them. Right. And my favorite one, you're going to laugh at me. It's kind of weird that I like it so much, is number three, which was the Midwest. And I liked it because... um, H.H. Holmes was a trip. He really was a nut. He, and, and I have stories in there from the Sioux. That's one of the chapters. And I have stories from Michigan about the Dog Man, which is super famous. The Beast of Bray Road up in Wisconsin. And I've been to Bray Road. I've got pictures of me pointing at the sign. Uh, and I was stationed in Chicago. And that's why I put in there about the Valentine's Day Massacre. That story. And those bricks are still haunted. The men were killed in front of them. And they still got the bricks. And it was all because of Al Capone. <laughs> and like number two talks about the northern area. Five of the stories in there have already been movies. Like the little story behind Jaws. Right. The little story behind the uh, uh, Owning of Connecticut. The real story behind Annabelle and the conjuring and stuff like that. And the, the real stories are so much better than what they give you at the movie. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause the, the, the real stories is, is way better than what they put in the movies. Cause the movies, they have to sensationalize everything. Exactly. And <clears throat> Jaws, what the, the main attack that Jaws was focused on that they got the idea to write the story from wasn't even a great white. It was a bull shark. Oh, no. Tributaries that fed into the ocean the bull shark had come up at tributary. And back then they didn't have child labor laws. So the kids had come out of the factory working and were hot. 
so they wanted to go swimming. They jumped in the water in tributary, and one of the little boys got snagged up by this big old bull shark. It jerked him underwater, and they all went and got help and everything else. And there's this big old boy. He was a weightlifter and big, had a lot of muscles and everything. And he seen something in the water. So he jumped down in the water and jammed his hands down. And when he lifted his hands up, he had the little boy, what was left of the little boy's body. Oh. About that time, as soon as he cleared the water with the little boy, that bull shark hit him right in the thigh. Oh, man. He had a big muscle, muscular fine. It took from his knee all the way up to his hip. That's how big a bite it had. Wow. That's huge. Muscle out. Good Lord. And now there was other attacks besides this that one. But I mean, I mean, one of the attacks was a great white out off Malthard's Vineyard. A woman was out swimming naked, just like in the movie. And the shark hit her and My drove favorite. her to a uh, buoy. And they, they, the reason that they know that is they actually found blood on the buoy. Oh, nice. Wonderful. <laughs> so, and I mean, that was, that whole movie was based off just a few attacks right there in that area. Right. You know, they wiped out a shark population because of the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, people thought, oh, you got to get, oh, it's just, Jaws is doing this. We got to go kill all the sharks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. I, mean, I don't think you're going to catch him, but, you know, and Martha's Vineyard, what's funny about Martha's Vineyard, all these rich, highfalutin people go there. That's actually the mating ground for the great white shark. So, <laughs> Yeah, not the best place you want to go out and just try to go because you got everybody out there who thinks they're a fisherman is going to go out and try to catch this white shark and kill it, but uh, then they're going to become bait. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> people, people do dumb stuff. I I used to watch this TV show on TV called Forged and Fire, pretty cool, where they make knives and all that stuff. But they they had a report of a guy. They had to put a disclaimer at the end of the show because there was a guy who said, "Oh, I'm going to do this too," and he went out and he was trying to. Uh, cook up some metal in his barbecue, and what he did is he he set his uh, he set his he lived in an apartment complex. He set the backyard of the apartment complex on fire, which set on it set the apartment complex on fire that caught the whole block on fire. That's how dumb people are because they do dumb shit. I you know what's scary? You just said talk about that show. I actually used to forge knives out here. <laughs> oh, did you? Well, you, 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 as, as long as you're not killing nobody, you know, and not setting shit on fire. I mean, you don't want to do that type of stuff. But. I used to forge uh, railroad spike knives. Oh, did you? Huh? I did about 30 of them. And the bad thing is I gave them all away. Oh, what were you thinking? And people wanted them, and I had fun making them, so sure. I gave them to them. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big... Money to me is nothing more than a tool, what it's supposed to be used. Yes, for. absolutely. It's a, it's a ways to a means. Yes. Yeah. So. And, and, and that's all it is. It's not about how much you have. It's just what you do with it. And as long as you do something important with it, sure. Yeah. I, I'll probably never be rich. No, Because I just, I don't, I don't value money like a lot most people do. I value experience yeah experience people experience between me and you right now i love it stuff like this 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 makes my day me too yeah because unfortunately in this world we have lost the true value in this world which is us that's true we, we place true. it on items and, and shiny things and stuff like that that's just not important no it really isn't no 
the experience of experience in life means more to me than anything does. I mean, I acted with some incredible people. I really, I have so much admiration for them. Not like the big stars on TV. Right. And those people, I've met some of them and it's gone to their head. And they just, they think that the most important thing is, well, I'm better than you because I'm an actor and I can do this and I make lots of money. Okay. We're both going to die. What did you do? <laughs> yeah. What, what, did, what did you do? Was it, what, what difference does it make? You know? Yeah. Oh, I drive a Porsche. Hey, guess what? I drive a car too. There you go. My one fifty better, so there. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't get the whole. Uh, yeah, someone was telling me today that the uh, the the car the, the are, are uh, celebrating their twentieth uh, season on TV, and my, and even though I know who they are, my reply was who? Because they don't <laughs> matter. They really don't matter. If if you don't allow these people to matter in your life, then then they won't matter to you in your life, sir. I agree hundred percent. I, I, I have uh, I have empathy for the for humankind itself, and and uh, you know for that. But uh, but as far as the, you know, the dumb people in this life that uh, they want us to keep it. They want us. This is the that veil that they put over here to to keep us blinded from actually everything that's actually going on in the world because. They don't want us to know the truth. So if they keep us, if they keep us occupied, they, you know, it's called misdirection. That's it. Yep. It's, a lot of, it's like yeah. a magician. Yeah. Well, we learned it from being in the in the war of the north and the south, and now we're just doing it all over again. Now it's just, uh, it's no longer black and white. You know what's funny about the 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 war between the north and the south? The really funny thing about they're all mad at General Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee freed his slaves 10 years before the Civil War. Right. They all stayed to work for him. But they stayed. He he even had the guy that was, I guess you consider him a butler. He was at Robert E. Lee's funeral. Because he treated them well. He treated them all well, yes. Yeah. They're all mad about that. And if you look at the numbers of slaves from when we first started having mm -hmm. slaves, now, we didn't have slaves from the very, very, very beginning when the first people got over here. The first slave owner was actually given to this man in court because he sued a friend of his, and he ended up being an indentured servant to his, his friend, ended up being an right. indentured And he was a black man yeah. who was who had actually bought the first slave. But what they're all mad about the Civil War and mad about slavery here, slavery was all over the world at that yeah, time. Yeah, it's not just here. No. And we were like the fourth country to ban slavery. Yeah. And there's still slavery in South America. There's still slavery over in the Middle East and a lot of different places. They're not mad about that, but they're mad no. about it 200 years ago. No. Well, only mad in the land of the free. That's all, right? Correct? <laughs> It amazes me that people don't know history. No, they don't know history, and they want history to be covered up as well. You know, they do. And see, I, I'm going to get mad one of these days, and I'm going to write a huge history because I am a history nut. I love reading about history. I love reading about things that most people don't know about history. Right. I mean, there's so many things about history. Like I did a, a fact on my on my podcast about did you know that <laughs> napoleon 
was attacked by a group of rabbits. Did these rabbits have fangs or something like that? <laughs> Napoleon was going into this area. I can't remember where it was exactly offhand. But he wanted to have his him and his men to have a rabbit hunt. So his his second command had uh, his men go out and gather up 3,000 They put them all in cages. That's too many rabbits. The idea was that when they would start to hunt, they would open the cages and the rabbits would run and they would chase them and be a rabbit hunt. Or so I thought. It didn't quite work out that way. (laughs) And the rabbits attacked them. Him, Napoleon and all his men were attacked by the rabbits that they caught. (laughs) Kind of like in Monty Python's fly. uh, Yeah. When when the rabbits attacked them, they're like, Jesus Christ, isn't it? (laughs) The main killer of it. Oh, that's funny. You know, facts like that, people, if they don't learn history, they miss this crazy things like that. Right, because it's not just about, you know, having the hard times and then and everything being uh, out, in the, out in the West where everything was all, uh, you had your your towns and all that, and everything was a mud-piled town because all the all the rain and all that stuff, and before they had roads and all that. So, yeah, I get it was hard and stuff like that. But, you know, as we know, uh, cowboy movies sensationalize everything because they want you to think that all the all the whores out there were all good looking. So Because as we know, you know, back in those days, they didn't have uh, a lot of dentistry going on back there. So uh, a lot of baths either. <laughs> yeah, a lot of baths either. Nobody was taking a bath all the time. So, yeah, it wasn't as a was it wasn't all about the garter belts. That's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you know, <clears throat> you get what you pay for. So. <laughs> There's a story in one of my books. You'll love it. This guy, <laughs> he died owing money. So when he died, they put him in the casket. They would, The guy he owed money wouldn't let him bury him. So he used the guy for an advertisement for his business. Well, when he died, they thought he was just a prop. So they closed the casket up, they moved it out, and this thing went all over the place. It went different places and showed up. This guy's body is, is you know, it's decaying inside this casket, oh, and then there's a pop in different areas until I can't remember when it was. It was like a long, like almost 75 or something like that years after he died. Somebody went into a, a, to a festival or a, uh, we call it um, like a little carnival. Sure. And they went to the haunted house, and there his skeleton was. Well, a piece broke off, and that's when they realized that it wasn't a prop. It was actually a dead person. Oh, it's actually a real skeleton. <laughs> but uh, the story's in one of the books, and it is probably one. That's one, besides the fact about one guy where he died and they skinned him and wore his skin. There's some fun stuff in some of these books. <laughs> That's a little, yeah, I don't know if I want to, yeah. Well, the guy that they wore his skin is actually in a museum out west. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. So so the skin itself is out in a museum or the guy who wore the skin? The, the skin itself. Oh, why would they keep that? Boots of him and they saved the boots. <laughs> oh, man, why? What you would you you got to ask yourself why would they keep that? That's I mean I know I get the strange story, but what the hell you know? <laughs> There's some odd things goes on. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, there is some odd shit going on all the time. It's just uh, 
yeah, I, I don't get that, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's just that's just weird. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, yeah, that's that's just that's a. But I'm not, um, you know, if, if that's good for you out there, folks, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody, but uh, that's just weird. So yeah, so I, I just yeah. Some some people do some crazy stuff out there, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd I'd hold on to somebody's skin that uh, somebody else cut off and then is putting in a, mu a museum. That's a that's a that's a little that's a little far beyond even those wax museums. I mean, because they creep me out. You know, I, I see spirit every day of my life. There's not a day that goes by that I don't see anything or nothing at all. And uh, for the last, I mean, forever. But. Uh, I don't like going in those uh, wax museums because it looks like they're always looking at you, you know? Well, I have to ask you. I'm sure you've been <clears> at <asking throat> many times. How many times have you seen Elvis? Oh, I, have I seen Elvis? No, uh, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, I always wonder, you know, I talked to the, a lot of people and I've talked to a couple of other mediums and everybody hit, that knows that they're a medium, somebody that they know has asked him if they've talked to Elvis. You know, I've never thought to ask about that well i'll tell you uh the way it is for me um i see so many of them in a day yeah um i see i would have to say somewhere in the range of like a thousand of them a day and really? uh, yeah that they, they i just when i like especially uh at nighttime um because my the main gift that they gave me is a uh, is i they gave me an ability to cross spirit over into the light. And that's what I do. So, uh, and when I do that, I can see into that realm. And it's mm -hmm. like, and when I see into it, it's like me standing on top of a balcony and I'm looking down and all I just see is people walking around. There's, there's no uh, structure. There's no uh, buildings. There's no trees, but there is land. And there's just thousands upon thousands of people. They're all just walking around, interacting with each other. Um, they do some strange things over there you probably wouldn't think to do. I see them making out all the time. It's like one big giant spirit orgy and I'm not invited. I mean, they're just they're just going at it over there because because that's all they can do. So uh, and they talk to each other. But uh, yeah, when they see me, this might be a story for your book. Uh, actually, it's being part of my book. Uh, but uh, this so you're, you're I'm going to tell you something you've never heard from anybody okay. because, it's, because it's only in one person. So um, um, when I was born, uh, my grandfather wanted to come see me when I was going to be born. I had two brothers and a sister, and he wanted to know when I was. He wanted to know when I was going to be born because he had this ability too. Not that it's not, but not that it's transferred to one to another from your bloodline. It has nothing to do with it. It just comes through with your soul. Right. So, um, so my I was being born, and my mom and dad said, "Hey." called him up he's being born you got to come to the hospital and he got ready to come to the hospital and he died and had a heart attack and died his soul left his body came in mind i'm born the reason i'm here is because uh so we all come back over and over and over again everybody comes back over and over again because we're here to learn lessons and fulfill a purpose and if you don't fulfill your purpose enough you just have to keep coming back until you do that i call it punching the dance card is what you're doing and if you don't punch it enough they just say hey you didn't fulfill your purpose. You got to go back, you know, and, and your purpose is very simple. Your purpose is we're here to help each other just for the sake of helping just because you can, because you should just if, if someone's going to come up to you and uh, say, hey, George, I'm lost. 
it's up to you to use your free will to decide whether or not you're going to do that. And if you just if you decide you're going to go, no, I don't like people and forget them and stuff like that, just put you on the alternative path, which when you get home, they tell you, you didn't do this. You got to go back. So they come back again. My uh, from from talking um, to spirit and, and talking to my spirit guides, because I see archangels all night long and yeah, they don't look like they don't have swords and uh, and uh, and shields or anything like that. Most of them don't even look like people. So uh, uh, from what I what they have told me um, is they gave me an ability to see spirit, but spirit comes to me. Yeah. And the reason they're coming to me is because I'll, they don't see me like you see me. They see me, and you, you're going to you're going to know what this is because you experienced it. Uh, so they see me like a super bright white light. They they come into me because they believe I'm the light into heaven. Unfortunately for them, I am the light that shines to go to show spirit how to cross over into heaven. The light that opens up has to be in a physical person in order to be here to shine all the time. And then for the second reason, because it has to be able to physically cross spirit over because some of them get lost, because some of them don't know their way or they don't they don't know they have passed away. So that's so that person has to be able to physically cross them over. Just this time around, it's in me. So and that's when I'm so I see them and I cross them over and when I, I tell them uh, they look at me all the time. They see the light because that's why I see so many. They're coming to me. They stand around me and watch me all the time. And then I say, I look at them and I say, uh, does anybody want to cross over? And then they give me this look. <laughs> and, I say, and then I say, yeah, there's a voice that just came out of this light. My name is Daniel, and I'm here to cross you over. Does anyone want to cross over? But the weird part is, as you, as you probably know this, not everybody wants to. They tell True. me the time they say i say why don't you want to cross over and they say because we don't have any rules here we can do whatever we want if we want to antagonize somebody we can just because i've heard them that they said i'm not ready yeah yeah they have to be in order to cross over you have to want to go and if you don't want to go you will stay here a lot of them stay here because they were horrible people here in lives and in their life and then when they see that light they said you know what i like being horrible I'm going to stay here and hang out here. And they are the ones who become the negative ones. I see, I see them all the time. They actually are the color red. And because they are pure energy, when they see you, if you are thinking about a devil or a demon, they can read your mind and they can manipulate themselves into looking like that, which in turn makes you fearful, which puts out negative energy, which in turn they feed off of because they need that to feed off of them. Yeah, and I see them all the time, but they get angry at me because they can't get near me because because whenever I see them, so that you're going to find this crazy, whenever I see them, they come up to me and, and I, I, I start talking to them. I say, hey, do you want to cross over? And they look at me like, and I go, you can cross over. I ain't crossing over. They get all angry with me. And I said, all right, well, here's what you need to do. You should just go away. And they say, I don't want to go away. I said, well, I know you don't want to go away because you're a negative spirit. And that's what you want to do. You want to try to get some energy off me, but you can't. So uh, if you don't go away, I'm going to call my friends in here and they're going to mojo your ass out of here. And they, and they say, then they say, what do you mean by friends? And I just go, hey, can you guys do something about this? And then next thing you know, they come right in and they, and you see the spirit, you see him do this. They go, and they get this fearful look in their face. And then out of nowhere, I watch it happen. I see these globs of light come out of nowhere and just go 
and attack it and land on it and attack it and land on it and attack it and cover it and actually pushing this thing away so it can't come near me. And then, I, and then they look at me and I tell them, I told you to leave. <laughs> and then they get angry at me because I'm laughing at them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I see crazy stuff. And I have met, I have yet to meet anybody else who does, who sees what I see. When, I, when, when I'm in a room at nighttime, in the dark time, when I see colors, uh, yeah. when you see color, I, I see the colors that you would see on the movie Avatar. That's what I see. See, I, I see, I, I hear more and I see shape, but sure. I don't see distinctive shape. You know what I mean? I see people. I see what, what you could distinguish as people if you think sure. about it. Yeah, yeah, but because I, of the shape. I was never long enough to get all the gift. Right. I was on for a very short period of time, so I didn't but get you were the given gift. enough. But I get, I got enough to where I can talk about it. Yes. And I can what I've seen to make them understand that yes, there is life after this. Yes, I, I'm sure I'll be getting more as it goes along, because I've noticed when I like when if I'm going into a funeral or a church, I can see things moving. Yes, not shadows, but things. Yes, you can't distinguish what they are. It's almost like it's like a translucent figure moving back and forth. See it all the time. Hear it, and I, when I I had I had mm. a with the graveyard, I have to go by a graveyard to come to my house from one certain way. There's a graveyard on both sides of the road, and you go over a bridge, which is over a railroad track. But I, I, there's been a spirit down there for a long time, and he don't like me. Never Not everybody likes me. everybody. This is flipped me off. <laughs> He's been doing it for years now. I don't know. I ain't done nothing to him, but he's always down there. If I look down there, I can see him. He's usually giving me a dirty look, and he flips me off. <laughs> well, for for the one reason, he's aware that you have that and you can see it, so that's why they do it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I, when I, I can go into a graveyard, and I hear lots and lots of voices. Yeah, and I can almost pinpoint where they're coming from. And I've been able, I have been lucky enough to say, you can cross over. It's okay. You, you yeah. can go. And they, they'll understand me. I won't see them, but I can hear them talking to me. See, when you, uh, when you die, what happens is uh, everybody gets a single, everyone gets a personal light. A light comes on for you. But it's up to you to make that choice whether or not you're going to go in it or not. Not everybody does go in it. But if you, if that light, if you choose not to go in it, Light goes out, then you get you remain here as an earthbound sphere. But then there's one continual light that's always here, but it's not always around everywhere. Although they can see because there's no space and time, they can see far away. They can see off in the distance. It is somewhere. So they right. so they so they come to the light, and then uh, and then sometimes uh, sometimes I cross them over, and sometimes I don't. But I so I here's a crazy story for you. So I was uh, in my bedroom, uh, crossing them over, saying if anybody wants to cross over. Uh, walk up to the light, move into the light, pass through the light, and you shall be received into heaven as one of God's children because God wants all of his children. To I have to go through this whole thing and uh, because that's what he wants me to say. And, uh, and and I didn't get that from a book. They told it to me. So uh, 
so I, I do all this. And as I was doing it, I see them coming in. They're lining up. There's, it's like 100 people wide and like for miles long. Just And they're just coming in. Strange part is when that happens and they cross over, it happens physically here. So I, like I was in a room with my sister one time talking and in this low lit room and we were talking and all of a sudden a big flash of light went off next to me, just poof next to me. And she said, what the hell was that? I said, oh, that was just somebody jumping in. She said, I saw that. What I saw, but what, what, what do you mean jumping in? I said, oh, that's somebody crossing over. And she said, yeah, oh, 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 in the heaven. I said, yeah. She says that happened all the time. I said, yeah, well, I'm the light. So of course it happens all the time. And she said, uh, she said, how do you get used to that? I said, you remember when we were kids and mom stuck green beans in front of her face and now we're 40 years old, we're still eating green beans? That's how you get used to it. You get used to it. <laughs> it's just, when it goes off all the time, you just get used to it, you know? So, so yeah, and, but for, for an hour after that, every 10 minutes, she's like, I saw that, you know? I said, yeah, I get it. I, I know you saw it. I see it all day long. It just, how come that doesn't affect you? I said, because... I know what it is. So, you know, if you saw red cars all day long after a while, you wouldn't give a shit about looking at red cars, you know? So that, that's you know, just a, they, they can't. Uh, I got to say, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, we, I was actually doing a, my, uh, my other uh, podcast show the other day and the guy I was doing the podcast with witnessed somebody crossing over through me. He's, uh, I saw it later when he showed, pointed it out to me on the camera, but this thing, Right here, it came out of the out of the wall and around and went right into my head and gone. Yeah, he was like, I think I saw something. I said, Where at? He said, On oh, three minutes and ten seconds in the video. I said, Okay, I watched it. And he, then I watched it. And he and he said, What was that? I said, and Somebody crossed the number. Just some of them are big lights, some of them are small lights. But yeah, it's just that's just somebody going. He's like, Man, how do you get used to that? And I, again, I said, Remember the thing I told you about the green beans? Same thing. So yeah. You gotta get that book written. I gotta read that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got all kinds of crazy shit in there that I've seen. You've definitely got me intrigued. Have, have you ever? Uh, uh, so I will explain one myth or maybe one spirit you have probably heard about. Okay. Um, maybe. Uh, uh, have you ever heard the story of the Hat Man? I've heard it in passing. I don't know anything about it, but I've I've heard the story, but it's been. Four million stories ago. So I can tell you. So people always wondering why the what's the hat man doing here, and, and what he's doing. What? So I saw him personally. Okay, the, for the first time, I see him on a regular basis now, but it's but it's different in the in the way that I see him now. So I was down here in my in my basement. My uh, my wife went away on vacation to see her daughter in California. So I was here by myself and t- for for two weeks. And uh, for that two weeks, that's when. Spirit was testing me, I really believe, at that point to see if I was going to move forward with this ability. I came downstairs in the basement. My cat was down here. I said, come on, buddy. Get off the couch. Let's go. And he looked at me and looked to his right. I looked to my left. And when I did, I saw a wall of blackness form in the middle of the floor. I saw a man walk out of it. He had a big, wide black hat on, a long black coat. I couldn't see his eyes, but I saw his features. I could see his nose. I could see his chin. And he walked across the floor. And then disappeared through the wall. But the weird part was he didn't have any feet. Perfect stride, just walking through. Then I turned, and all of a sudden the wall of blackness shut right up. 
And my cat turned around and looked at me like, what the hell did I just see? And I was like, because <laughs> my cat sees all kinds of crazy shit. So, uh, and so do all my other cats now. Like, um, but uh, I just said to my cat, come on, let's go. And he jumped off that couch, ran up the stairs, which was pretty amazing because he's 20 pounds. He's a big boy. But uh, yeah, I, I was seeing all kinds of stuff at that period. I was seeing like seven foot skeletons walking out of the, through the house. I was seeing uh, green and red mist pour out of the walls and skulls were like with red eyes and fangs were floating out of the walls and pouring onto the floor and stuff like that. I was seeing all kinds of crazy shit and uh, actually had a paranormal team come to my house. They got so much information, so much information. The team broke up and they didn't want to come back to my house. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, they use one of those things called an ovulus. And, yeah. uh, and so I don't know if you ever heard about how this works, but so so energy goes in it, right? And then words will spit out. So they had me go in the bedroom, lay down, pretend I'm Yeah, I go in the bedroom because they want me to lay down and pretend I'm sleeping because that's when a lot of stuff goes on. But I see it when I'm awake. So, And they, they come in, they turn this box on. Immediately, as soon as they turned it on, it starts going, Wendy, Paul, Michael, Helen. It said, unique, special, energy. Light. I was like, I'm sitting in my bed going, what the hell is going on here? And then one time it said the word road, like a street said road. When it said that, a car went boom, right past my house. And I'm oh. like, that's cool, you know? And I'm thinking, yeah, they're getting all this information. It's going to be cool, you know, because they're going to, they said they're going to do a big reveal. I mean, they took pictures of me walking around the house. Each time I took a picture with one of the other members of the team, nothing. When they took a picture of me standing next to them, there was like 15, 20 light orbs surrounding me every single oh, time, 26 pictures. So uh, so they, they they get this ball and then they go, they start asking questions. And the damn thing had a conversation with them for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. But the weird part was, is that uh, I love this part. As I said, they had one of the questions. I said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then in that computer voice, it came out and said, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love Daniel's light. And then it said, Daniel is the light. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean by that? They get done doing their stuff. They go out in the living room. I go out there, see my wife. They're in a huddle. They come They come around. I said to my wife, what's going on here? She said, I don't know. They come out of their huddle. And I said, uh, did you guys get it? Did you, guys, did you guys listen to that? Did you get all that? That was, that was cool, right? And they said, well, Mr. Jackson, not really. And I was like, what do you mean? They said, well, we, we use that box. And every time we use that box, we get it to spit out a word or two here and there. I said, yeah, I, I, okay. And they said, it never says sentences for us. And I said, okay, well, that's something good, right? And I, they said, well, we're not sure about that. Because <laughs> it never says sentences. So since it's saying sentences, we got to figure that out. I said, okay. But we'll be back in two weeks and uh, and we'll, we'll give a big reveal and everything because they had so much. I, I stood, I came down here in the basement and I was talking to them and I stood in front of this mirror and one guy was staring at me, but staring at the mirror. And I was like, what's he doing? I walked away and he said, hey, can you go back here a minute? I said, sure. I was stood. He said, stand right here in front of that mirror. I said, okay. He said, no, turn your head around a little bit. And I turned right around and I said, what? He said, the mirror's vibrating. And I said, oh yeah, I, I see that all the time. He goes, well, when you walk away, it doesn't. I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm used to it. You know, I, I said, okay, whatever that's supposed to mean. 
And uh, but yeah, they said we're gonna go away. We'll come back in two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Don't hear nothing from him. I finally get a hold of him. I said, uh, "So you guys gonna come back and do the big reveal?" He's like, "No, Mr. Jackson, why not?" I said, "He said the team broke up after we left your house. They broke up. They're too afraid to come back to your house." I said, what do you mean too afraid? He said, uh, we got so, so much information from your house that uh, it takes us 10 or 15 houses to get that kind of information, not just one. And oh, said, wow. Okay. And said, What's that mean? He said, I don't know what it means. I said, well, are you going to come to my house at least until? He said, I don't feel comfortable coming back to your house. I, I said, don't understand what the problem is. Yeah. I, really I said, don't. well, if you get, you're getting information. Right. Why don't you want to share it? But uh, they were too scared. I mean, they weren't harmed. They right. nothing negative happened from what you've told right. me. Right. I don't see why they wouldn't eat that up and come back mm. and say, "This is what we got. Here's the sentences that were said. Here's what the questions that were asked." You would have thought. I mean, what? Uh, our, something ain't right. <laughs> something ain't right. <laughs> Ding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a winner. Yeah, George Lunford got it. Yeah, yeah, but no one else does. No. If I ever go to do a book about profits, I'm coming to see you. Oh, come on. I got you. Buy down everything. Yeah, I, I got I got shit to tell you. I'm putting I put that in my book, but I'm putting a lot of other stuff in my book. But there's a there's a lot of stuff that I, I don't talk about that I, I didn't put in the book because uh I'll put one book out and then they'll put me away. Oh I I, I, I would love to read it. I, I, I'll tell you one thing I do know that I knew before it was going to happen. And that that's COVID-19. So I'm able to do what's called channeling and I channel with, I can channel with other mediums. Some of them, the real ones, because there's a lot of fake people out there and some, and some empaths. And, uh, and my wife and I channeled two and a half years prior to COVID. And they told us about a virus that was coming and they told us uh, when it was going to happen. And that's the first stock market crash, too. So when we were out on the, out on the road doing um, festivals, I was telling some people because I, I told people I knew who could handle it. And then after it actually came through, uh, even my sister, I told her, and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you were right and all that stuff. But uh, I, I said, yeah. But uh, uh, these people, I got messages from them that said, oh, oh, we're so glad we listened to you. You were right and everything. And then I got like 20 messages from people said, we didn't listen to you. I thought you were crazy. And I said, well, I'm not crazy. You're going to listen to me now. So <laughs> okay. do your book. I, I have to ask a request on this one. When you do your book, at the very the last page of the book, give me something for the future. I already have something. Kind of good prediction that I can I, I can verify that you you got me intrigued I, i'm just i look i've never talked about what i would consider to be a prophet because mediums are one thing and they have a real medium not fake ones that's on tv and all that crap but the real mediums are go between between this plane and that plane right which i have no doubt that you are at all i go into the deep dark realms what a regular medium has going on I, I'm more. I hear a lot more of your stories. I uh, so, so sometimes they send me into the. They want me to go in meditation and go into the darker realms of the earthbound side uh, to cross some of the spirit over just to see if I can get some in. So I go over, and some of the ones that I see in there would absolutely be something that you would call a monster. 
I'm not afraid of them. And uh, but I've seen them in in a form where I saw a woman who kind of looked like a, a monster, and and that and this other she had another spirit with her was a little child, and the child kept peeking around his mother's leg, looking at me. And and I but I heard a voice off in the distance that said, "Why are you here?" <laughs> so the, like when the one time when I was crossing all the spirit over, I'm crossing them over, and all they're just coming over, they're just coming through, and I'm just doing it. And and it's uh, people and stuff like this, and they're all just coming through. And then I said, I saw it die down, and I said, is there anybody else here that wants to cross over? And then I heard that voice, and the voice said, you've crossed over enough. And I said, no, I don't think I did, because I can't see who it is. And they said, you crossed over 6,000 people. How many more do you need? And I said, I need them all, because God wants all of his children to come home. And we're all God's children, no matter what you think or say. We're all his children. He wants us all to come home. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we need them here. And I said, yeah, I know you need them here for food, correct? And he said, yes. And I said, because they're very black and white when they see things, and when they, whenever they say things. And uh, I said, well, well, he wants me to continue doing my job, so that's what I'm going to do. So I said, does anybody else want to cross over? And I started in. And that's when I saw all dogs and cats and horses and cows coming up and stuff like that. And then I just heard him screaming, no, no, from this long distance far away. And they don't want them to go away. Oh, no. No, that you're taking the food away. Yeah, you're taking the energy away. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even though they are not really horrible people there, but because they chose to be in that that realm they are they are holding on to their pain, anger, sorrow, grief, and guilt, the negativity, and that's what they feed off of. Yeah, they come through here to to get it from us because we have we put out more negative energy because there's too much there's so many more pieces of shit over here. That, yeah, that, that's what, yeah, but uh, but yeah, they they don't want any of those. They don't want them to go away. But I I do I do it as much as I can. I was yeah I was in my bedroom last night. And there was a freaking horse standing in my bedroom. So um, they're just they're just lost a lot of times. They're just. Uh, they don't they don't get where they are. I never I don't see I see animals, but it's usually animals like I knew. Right. Dog, my dog Meg. I had her for twenty years. She was a <clears throat> I see her every now and then. Yeah, because she's still here. Cause she, had, she she uh so uh let me ask him a question. Okay. So she left, but she came back. So she's she just hanging out here and, until it's time for you to go and then she will actually be there one of the ones you'll actually see when it's time for you when, when it's time for you to cross over. So and what that means is here here's a secret for you. What there's going to be a day that's going to come that you're going to see your dog in full figure. When you see it, you know you're checking out. I believe it. Yeah. I it yeah. Or if you ever have a dream with someone, uh, if you have a dream with someone you know who's passed away, if you actually want to see that person again, another trick that they tell me you can do wake yourself up because what happens is your body, your soul rises up out of your body, still connected to it. But because it's connected to it, that's why you're, there's no judgment in dreams and stuff because there's no judgment in heaven. That's why. And, uh, and uh, so when your, your soul is still connected to your body, whoever's in the dream with you that you know has passed away, like my dad comes in all the time, in order for him to do that, he has, they're standing right next to you. So if you actually mm-hmm. want to see them again, all you have to do is wake yourself up and they'll be standing right next to them. You'll only see them for a split second. But, sure. but I mean, but we see them in dreams. We don't always want to wake up from the dream because we, we miss them so much. We would just want to talk to them. But if you ever notice in the dream, especially with the ones who have, haven't, who have crossed over, they never talk about their death because it's not important. Right. 
The only ones who focus on it are the ones who haven't crossed over because, again, they haven't let go of their pain or anger, sorrow, grief, and guilt, stuff like that. So, Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Do you need clarity in your life? Do you have unanswered questions? If you're having doubts of who you can confide in, come and book a reading with me, and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest. www.spiritmediumdaniel.com Well, I've got I've got one one story here for you about it. I want to hear a story. This one's funny. My wife and I bought us a ring doorbell. This was the first one we bought. We had it placed outside where you see down the porch and you see part of the house. Well, it went off one night, so we flipped it on, and it was the wildest thing. We seen a human-shaped fog come out of the house, and it come across to the middle of the porch and stopped, and it turned its head and looked at the camera. (laughs) It watched. Now, we had been having things move around and stuff in the house. Sure. And knew something was off. But it come out through that middle bedroom to the green camera, looked at the camera, walked off the porch, and we ain't had no problem since. But it's aware of the camera. Yeah. It come out and looked right at us through the camera. <laughs> yeah. We had the camera on because it was like, why is this thing going off? And here it comes. It was, it was so cool because the spirit come out, stop, look. Like, okay, I'm leaving. And then it left. You know what's going to make you think twice about, though? You have to think about it. Is he looking at the camera or is he just looking right through the house and looking at you? Most likely looking through the house at us. Yeah. It was so cool because it did it in such a way that it was like you could feel it and you right. could see it turn. And it. It, it was just a really tripped out experience. And it's it, kind of like the uh, like when people get us, uh, they have cameras set up somehow outside, and a and a bird walks up and goes, "Hello," <laughs> it looks right in the camera, you know. Yep. Yeah, that's, and that's pretty cool. Do, do you do you have um, do you have a lot of stories like that, like in your books? Do you, like people having those types of encounters? Uh, not as much. No, I mean, <clears throat> talked about. I went to Holland High School, and I talked about seeing shadows moving and doors opening and stuff like sure. that. Get it all that time of this the our, my high school was built. It used to be a graveyard. It was a pauper's graveyard. It was for poor indigent people and sure. and you know people who had died of disease. They didn't want to put in the regular uh, cemetery and stuff. So when they bought the land to put the school there, they supposedly moved the bodies. They built the school. <laughs> and they went to bit, <clears throat> the music room and stuff. Well, the front end loader come in and dug down in the dirt and lifted oh. up the bodies hanging from it. Oh. <laughs> so they put mm. the bird back down and they backed out. <laughs> yeah, I would put that shirt and, and got off the front end loader and took off running, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. it freaked everybody out. Well, they. Come in, they supposedly moved the bodies and moved the cemetery and everything. I don't think they got them all. I still don't. Probably not. Because there's, there is Cherokee that had been buried in there, and you can oh, see them. They're, yeah, they're covering everything, right? Uh, I've seen them. I've seen ghosts out there from everything from a kid 
to older adults. Sure. They were all poor looking. I mean, sure. they were ever seen. They had pauper's clothes on. That's the other thing. When I see spirit as well, they're all wearing clothes. And some like some of the ones I see over on this side, they all have clothes on like they were uh, like poor people, like back in like the 1800s, 1700s, that type of thing. And they're still wearing the yeah. same clothes. <laughs> you would yeah. think being pure energy, they go, I'm going to put a new suit on. But no. <laughs> well, the funniest one I've ever seen, it was in passing, was it was a young guy. He had to be probably, I'd say, between 16 and 18. And all he had on was shorts. Right. But he was dancing and running around like a nut job. Yeah. He was just celebrating everything. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he knows everything's okay now. Yeah. it was a, Apparently, he had died in a car. Oh. Uh, wow. And they had people that all turned funny colors and got mouth blew open. They just looked at me like I was crazy. And then they, one of them said, yeah, the, there was a car accident here and was teenagers and two of them was killed. And he, you know, I described one of them to them and they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And I had, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't know I step on anybody's toes or anything, but. I, I think I'm going to make sure since I know when I'm going to go, I'm going to make sure that I'm wearing like a, like a big velvet purple suit, you know, like a pimp with a big pimp hat and maybe some, maybe some, uh, some, some, uh, some gold watches and stuff like that. So when I get out of here, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking lit, you know, so I want to look like super flies. I'm walking around and go, Hey, yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I want to be. I don't. I don't want to be in this uh, this orange shirt that I got on. That's for sure, because everybody will go, "Oh, a spirit." Yeah, no. Yeah. I think I want to be dressed like uh, like Superman. Yeah. That's a, oh, that would be a great. That would be a great. I can't believe what? I just saw the. I just saw the spirit of Superman. Holy shit! He was a little bald though. What's up with that? <laughs> Fat for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with him. I, Superman. I, I, apparently, they're eating good over there in heaven. So. <laughs> Right, because that's because that's what. And if somebody saw that, that's exactly what they would think. They would go, "Wait a minute, something doesn't look right here." You know, so Superman <laughs> had his Superman shirt on, but because his belly was so big, he couldn't tuck it into his pants. What's going on? You know, so <laughs> it wouldn't be. They wouldn't be able to make sense of it. That's it. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna go, yeah, you gotta you gotta go out and you gotta go out in some uh, some type of way. You gotta shine so you look a little bit different, right? Oh yeah, you you gotta shine. That's all there is to it. Yeah, because, you know, I, I try to tell people all the time, they say, you know, especially when it comes to funerals and stuff like that, uh, that it's a show of respect to go to somebody's funeral. But I tell people, you want to show them some respect? Do it when they're alive. Don't wait exactly. till they're dead. Exactly. I agree 100 yeah. We should We should be enjoying our lives now and enjoying the people who are around us now so we're not so troublesome when they actually do pass away, you know, because... You know, that's what's when it's your time to go. It just is. And you just never know when that's going to be. Yeah. And it don't matter what kind of shape you're in. It that stuff matters. Yeah. It's your time. It's your time regardless. That's it. And, and you know, what, when, because absolutely dead people don't come back and tell stories. <laughs> they're not going to come back. You know, they've been gone for 20 years. Not, they're not telling a story anymore. But, uh, but that's awesome. Well, hey, you know what? I've had a great time. I've had a good time talking to you. I'm glad I got to have you on my show. 
Uh, will ahead. you please do me a favor uh, before before I plug it all because I'm going to plug it later. Plug uh, let everybody know where they can get a hold of you. Uh, where because uh, I know they can buy your your books are on Barnes and Noble. Your books are in Amazon. Uh, but uh, is what's the best way that they can get a hold of you and look for you? The best way is to go to my website, which is author George Lunsford dot x10 host.com is that the one i saw one you you it looks like you had a uh, like a leather jacket on you were looking you were looking uh trim and fit and everything and i was like Man, all right. that was one of my headshots back from when i was active <laughs> <laughs> awesome who's the body is it your body or, or is it uh it used to be my body i, I oh, you okay. know I let that one go and went with this one instead yeah so. yeah yeah i i get that yeah i i I tell people all that. What kind of shape are you going for? Obviously, pear, because that's what I'm going with. So, uh, yeah, I'm going for oval. So, you yeah, know. are you oval work for you? Yeah, tell everybody uh, I'm going to the gym so I can look like number eight. Awesome, right? So, yeah, doesn't doesn't work out too well. But uh, so they can find you there on, but they can also find your book. So if if they just look up your name, George Lunsford, or if, or if they look up the names of your of your your books on there, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to say it right. It's legends, myths, monsters, and ghosts. They can find that in Amazon, or they can find it at Barnes and Noble as well, too. They can find it all kinds of places, but those uh, places. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm same thing with me and my website. You can find uh, you can find me more than you can find a local whore. I'm all over the place. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that, but but you but you got to be out there. Uh, I mean, are you doing well with the books? I've done well on some of them and some of them not. This one, the last one I've done, I haven't done a lot because I can't do any signings. The last two books because of this COVID stuff. Right. I'm not. I'm not able to go. Hopefully, I was supposed to go to Bigfoot Fest in Marion, North Carolina, but they canceled it and they moved it till May. Oh no, kidding! I will be in Marion in May with my books. There, I've got plenty of books to sign and sale well what you need to do for me at that point is when you're going to be there uh just send me a message or something like that and let me know so i can i will i will post that on my site because uh because i want people to know where you're at and and so they can get a hold of you well thank you i appreciate that very yeah, very much kind of we got to look out for each other in this world because i know i know there's there's a there we have a president right now that said uh well, because of COVID, we're all in this together. Well, you know what? Before that, we were always all in this together. We just, you know, we didn't need him to tell us that, perhaps. You know? I agree with you 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, George, I hope I didn't take up too much of your time tonight. I uh, hope you're not uh, too exhausted from the, or your jaw doesn't hurt from me making you go crazy. <laughs> I would sit and talk to you anytime, so that I'm willing anytime. So. Awesome, awesome. I appreciate that, yeah. All right, well, let me get down here, and I'll tell everybody uh, again. Uh, you, I will put the uh, the links uh, that you can find George's website, and I'd like to thank everybody in my audience for coming out and, and joining us again on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me, have a good day, be good, and don't do any stupid shit. For more information about George, please visit the links in the description section. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.